This is Eric Brotman, the host of Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that teaches you how to advance into retirement rather than retreating. And this is Office Hours, where we answer questions that listeners just like you send in. We received a question from Sarah who asked, what does panic selling really do to your long-term savings and ability to retire? Um, and that is a fantastic question, Sarah, and I, I thank you for sending that. Um, panic selling, let's first define what that is. Um, panic selling is a moment where an investor or a group of investors decides that they want to go completely to cash and they sell everything they have, regardless of quality, regardless of efficiency or effectiveness, regardless of taxation, and they just throw up their hands and sell everything. Um, and there are lots of reasons why that is typically a very, very bad idea. Um, none the least of which is in a crisis situation where lots of people are panic selling, that selling is what drives the price of securities down and usually artificially. So that means if if 100 people are all panic selling and they're all trying to sell off everything at once, then someone out there, usually an institution or a hedge fund or, or a, a wealthy individual is going to be able to buy those securities, which are still the same quality they were before, at a lower and lower and lower price as people jump off that, that proverbial cliff. So when that occurs on a macro level, it drives prices down and it drives them down artificially so that the more that happens, the more panic sets in, the more panic selling sets in, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And things will continue to get worse until all of the so-called panic sellers are finished doing that. Um, so what does this really do on the micro level? What does this do to you as an investor when this happens? Uh, and the best example I can come up with for panic selling happened in November 2008. So let's, let's go back to what is affectionately being referred to as the Great Recession. During that period of time, um, markets dropped, equity markets, U.S. equity markets dropped 38% in six weeks. It was a, we hope, a black swan event and a once in a lifetime type event. But nonetheless, there was an enormous amount of fear. People who never paid attention to stock markets whatsoever were suddenly watching CNBC and, and reading the, what the Dow did or what the S&P did or what the NASDAQ did. And there was this incredible fear that the entire system was going to collapse. There wasn't enough credit. Banks were failing. You know, big companies, the Lehman Brothers of the world went out of business. You had Bank of America bail out Merrill Lynch. You had all of these big companies that were on the, the cusp of failing. And naturally, that caused an enormous amount of fear. And that fear led to a lot of panic selling, the most I've ever seen in my, in my almost 30-year career. So for people who did that, what are the ramifications? For folks who in November of 08 sold at what wound up being basically the bottom of the market, the problem with that, number one, is they got a terrible price on everything they owned. So they locked in losses that were profound. They also spent money on trading costs, potentially. They may even have had taxable gains that got wiped out or, or that created some, some other costs. Uh, and so there was a total inefficiency. But more importantly, that then left them with the psychological torture to figure out when is it safe to buy back in? When do I unpanic sell? And 
is that going to now be a panic buy? And so naturally, what tends to happen is people sit not knowing whether it's a good time. Is today a good day to, to buy back in? And when should I go back into whatever I'm going to do? And so typically, that market that dropped nearly 40% had already rebounded 10, 20, 30% or more before some of these people bought back in. And if they had just done nothing, if they just held on, grinned and, and, and decided to bear it, they would have not lost ground. They would have lost time, but they wouldn't have lost money. These folks actually sold at, a, at the worst conceivable time, bought back at an ill-advised time, and all of that time that they spent on the sidelines was recovery they missed. And folks who did that will never recover. Folks who held on and said, I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to wait for this to recover. They lost two, three, four, even five years in some cases. And people who were planning to retire or were about to be financially independent had to wait to, to hit that mark by a few years, but they still hit it. Folks who did the panic selling may never hit it. They'll never recover. And now that we're uh, dealing with COVID and we're dealing with the, the next potential economic crisis here as a result of unemployment and some of the other news du jour that's going to be ugly for a while, potentially, try to avoid being in that camp of folks who are selling off just because you're afraid. Um, if your portfolio has been designed properly, you have enough money for income that you need if you're, if you're an older person, and it's maybe the greatest opportunity of a young person's investing life. So, um, Sarah, I appreciate your question. What panic selling really does to long-term savings is decimate it. Quite frankly, it's one of the biggest mistakes investors can make. Uh, and I, I hope that helped you. So thank you for your question. If you have a question you'd like me to answer during office hours, follow Don't Retire Graduate on Facebook and post your question or tweet us at Brotman Planning. Thanks for coming to Office Hours. Be sure to tune in for new content every Thursday. For now, this is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC. Kestra IS, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC. Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Kestra IS or Kestra AS are not affiliated with Brotman Financial or any other entity discussed. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present if you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.